This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. And welcome to Chapter Tactics. Yet another pirate edition where the intro always comes in on the beat. I said the beat. Pablo in on the beat. I'm joined today by three guests, actually two regular voices on the show. The first one, Sean. Welcome. As as regular as can be. Very regular. Loves that fiber. The next one, a recent addition to our rotating group of co-hosts, we've got... Peter, Vulcan, Colissimo. Welcome, sir. Well, thank you for having me. I'm just a sexual diplodocus and a herd of T-Rexes. That makes a lot of sense if you're a paleontologist. Mm. Excellent. All right. And finally, fresh off of his victory at the Renegade Open GT, you heard him waxing poetic about orcs not too long ago. Back on the show, Steven, treat him mean, keep him keen. Pam Preen. Glad to be here. Oh, yeah. Oh, I just love your enthusiasm. Happy to have you back. Um, we got a great show lined up tonight. We got, uh, we've got some facts that dropped today. We've got the, the Renegade Open recap, and uh, Peter's also going to walk us through some of the international events that went down over the weekend as well. So we got some hot tournament coverage coming right at you. But first of all, I need to correct some wrongs. From the last weekend, there was outrage blowing me up after the Warzone Atlantic coverage. Not just because Sean gave me an F minus minus in my performance, and there were people out there who were hurt by that. Not just me. But also because you guys talked about how there was one winner. And we all know about Warzone Atlanta that there isn't just one winner. There's, there's the best sports, there's an overall, and there's a Warmaster. So just needed to set that record straight because they care a lot about their tournament out there. And I just want the Warzone Atlanta fans to know that that we care at Chapter Tactics about their tournament too. Mm, there was also a like a best Canadian, wasn't there? Well, that's a one of one this year. The other Canadian <laughs> didn't show up, and when we both showed up, they gave us both a ribbon. Oh, a participation prize! Thanks, millennials. Hey, it's a really sweet ribbon, and I'm happy to have participated. And yes, I sucked. I sucked real bad, but. Stephen Pamperine, he didn't, and we're going to hear about that later on in the show. Um, let's go on to, uh, let's, let's move on. So today we were all anxiously awaiting uh, the arrival of the Orc FAQ. What was going to happen? We didn't know. We, we, we were refreshing the page. Maybe this is just first person. I was refreshing the page all weekend, and lo and behold, it dropped in addition to some other nuggets. Anyone want to want to chat about that? Sean, what else, what else dropped in addition to the Orc FAQ? It was actually kind of a, a weird little selection to, to see. I don't think anyone is really shocked by it, but it does kind of show that GW is keeping up with the talk that's going on. Most of it was just gap closing. Um, Reavers and the Grey Knight Intercessors um, both got their movement abilities nerfed to only work in the movement phase, just like every other unit in the game. It was just those handful of small things that GW had forgotten. Uh, and they fixed up a couple other weird little issues that has come up as a result of 
other stuff from the the big FAQ dropping, stuff to do with units that deployed at the start of the first turn and stuff like that, that abilities that no longer worked because of the match play rules. So they fixed up that kind of stuff, but most of it was nothing super exciting for the majority of players. Really, all of the meat was in the Orchid part of the FAQ. And yes, there was some very tasty meaty morsels in the Orf FA, Orc FAQ. Um, yeah, um, any any thoughts? I mean, we've got we've got a Orc champ first that we know of, Codex Orcs GT champion on the line here. He is an expert in his field, and he stands out there really boldly. He got mad at me for tossing things out to him last time he was on the show without warning, so I'm giving him a big lead up to unmute his mic. But he hasn't yet. There he is, Pamps. What do you th- What did you think about the uh, the orc fac? Uh, thank you for the introduction, there, Val. Appreciate it. Nope, uh, no problem. So, <laughs> it's just buying you time. That's <laughs> uh, what the host does. Um, I think uh, I think it could have been a lot worse. Um, I was right? um, yeah. So the the not getting the double swing immediately. I mean, that's the big one, right? Like. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, for those of you who don't know, uh, the Codex just says when you have the chance to, when it's your turn to go, you can just uh, you can just swing again. So it's really good. <laughs> so, but this uh, the FAQ said you can change. You have to do it at the end of the phase, like everyone else now, except for the Imperial Knights, because uh, you know uh, Imperium needs their uh, their specialness. <laughs> Uh, so that was big, and then Grot Shields um, changed to be more like Tau Drones. Uh, and so I, I've been everywhere being like, you gotta pay attention to the Grot Shields because it's not like Tau Drones, and now it's now it's Tau Drones. I, it's yeah. still a little bit different. There's some Go some on. relevant changes in it, but it basically is like Savior Protocols at this point. You just got to be closer. That's yes. a, that's the tough one that people got to remember. And um, I know, like, uh, so my is actually really funny. My against my I played against four knights, and they all had Avenger Gatling guns, and so <laughs> it's just tons and tons of two damage shots. And uh, so turn one, he just picked up forty grots and eight ludas because I failed a bunch of the two ups because I had to make two of them right. Mm-hmm. Um, to save him, and it also killed 40 Grots, so, like, I would have a literal, like, a whole nother turn, and probably have only lost, you know, like, three Ludas and 25 Grots in that matchup, and, I mean, that, that's, you know, that's pretty big, like, uh, that, I mean, that, so, I think that's gonna be huge in those matchups like that, um, but then the change uh, makes it so that you're a little bit weaker against a bunch of like AP zero small arms fire because uh, yeah. you're not going to be able to get your your like five up cover save or five up invul or six up armor um, or I mean I guess if you you know you're saving even tougher stuff like good armor saves. Um, but I, correct me if like wasn't the in the previous version wasn't it wasn't the model just slain? As well, like, could you actually take a feel no pain after doing the two up to the grot? No, no, you couldn't. At least oh, okay. I, I wasn't doing. It. I didn't. I didn't buy a pain boy for him. So I, 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 I believe it could specifically say was immediately slain. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that changed. The only thing is now, and again, you know, this is really tough because I am bad at dealing with how uh, drones work because I always just shoot the drones first, so I don't have to deal with them <laughs> trying to pass them around. But um. 
now you're not going to be able to take armor saves first, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Right. So it yeah. means that all those AP zero things that were just you know pounding through your uh, the the that were just ignoring everything. Now you're now you're actually going to just kill Grotz with them, and that's a little more annoying. But what never um, that was never the thing that got to my Ludas. It was never like, oh man, you know, just like a bunch of AP zero. It was like, no, here's like three Riptides that just killed all your rods through the Ludas, you know. Yeah. So yeah. It, I think it's I think that's a huge buff. Uh, it's one of those like, sort. It's not like a. It's like a, a sideways movement makes them a little bit more resilient or a decent bit more resilient to big heavy stuff, and then a little bit more vulnerable to little stuff. But the little little stuff was never the issue. It was always the big stuff that was yeah. what was getting them. So. Uh, I, I think, think that, I that think was a, a huge improvement. That, I think you said in a chat somewhere uh, where we were talking about, but a lot of the stuff that's going to be threatening the Ludas, who are hanging out at 48 inches away, um, is going to be multi-damage long-range shooting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas, you know, if any of that stuff that's the high volume has got to be up pretty close, which is probably where Rooks would, would like you to be anyway. Yeah, like uh, I got um, I got shot at by a bunch of like Armagers that were three damage. And that just ended up killing a bunch of Ludas and a bunch of Grots. And I was like, that wasn't super effective. <laughs> I mean, it killed because it kills, it basically kills a Luda half the time yeah. and two Grots. <laughs> or one to two Grots. So, uh, yeah. Uh, one yeah, thing, the, the Grot shield is not optional. Once you've activated the stratagem, you have to throw them on the way, don't you? Uh, no, that, that is optional. At least it was. I oh, it is? I haven't checked. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, because at the end of the phase, you can roll <laughs> yeah. a d6 each time an attack is made. Because, okay. yeah. yeah, I was getting shot at by uh, the knight's, like, melta cannons, and he's like, oh, it takes six <laughs> damage, and I'm like, I'm just going to kill a Luda. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the grots get to yeah, survive this seems preferable. One. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was, I would say, a, a pretty big surprise. I think another big thing that it does, though, is also speeds up the whole process. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't have to roll on a model-by-model model basis, especially with the multi-damage stuff. I, um, I do have to credit my uh, knight opponent, Mark, Mark Weiss, as well. I had uh, 60 grots, or 62 grots, all with, like, I had their squad colors and stuff. But where we were, we were, like, didn't have a good lighting on our table. And I was like, this is going to take me a really long time to do it. And he's like, just put them, just put them down. So I just set up, like, a blob of 60 grots in front of them. <laughs> and then I was like, so I'm just going to count, like, squads of 10 that die at the end of the turn and he's like yeah sounds good <laughs> so that's what we did <laughs> and so I guess he knew that he was going to get through them yeah and at the end of turn one I was like I have 20 mismatched uh, grots from six squads but he's like oh, you know it's two squads it's fine <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, moving... it's not worth the trouble yeah Moving on through, just a couple other uh, highlights here. This was a point of contention online. Stratagems loot it. Oh, uh, so yeah. The embarked, the embarked unit in the vehicle can loot the vehicle that exploded underneath them, which is cool, and I, I like that. Mm -hmm. um, but they also made it to a maximum of two up, so that means the dream of the yeah. one-up Mega Knob is dead. That, dead that forever. Was, that was a tough one. That hurt. Can, can someone help me, and I'm going to assume Sean is able to do this, what was that stuff about, you know, a save being improved beyond two, then effectively just always being two? Like Steve, I, I just, do you want to hit this one, or do you want me to take it? Go for it. Okay, so this is real dumb, and it requires on a, it requires about six different levels of, well, actually... Um, this is why I, this is why I lined you up for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a discussion about this one right after the the codex dropped. 
the idea is... I actually is, don't know what you're talking about, so I'm, okay, I'm, I'm so, listening as well. Uh, <laughs> the, the gimmick was, and it obviously no longer works, you got a unit of Mega Knobs or anything else with a two-up armor save to loot a vehicle, which improved their armor save to a one-up. And because of the way armor saves work and the way modifiers from AP work, that meant that... Um, through some interpretations of the rules, you could only ever fail an armor save on a natural result of a 1, because arm, no die can be modified to less than a 1, and if you rolled, say, a 4 against an AP5 weapon, that would reduce your 4 down to a 1, and then you would pass the armor save on a 1 because you had a 1-up armor save. Um, of course, you would still fail on a natural 1, but... Um, there was a big stupid argument that this essentially gave you a two-up invulnerable save, um, so, which was so that clearly not what it was intended to do. But yes, um, another one here that they caught was uh, was drive-by crumpin', which this was a nice mm. little little uh, wrinkle in the rules. We all thought, which was uh, the stratagem originally said uh, use the stratagem in 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 the shooting phase. It's been changed to at the end of your shooting phase, which yeah. makes sense. So. Um, but I'm actually overall like super impressed at some of the nuance that they caught uh, in this fact because a lot of it is uh, a lot of the stuff that they sort of go back to correct is is was I don't know I'm, I don't think that was necessarily something that was screaming out as as abusable but I'm glad they caught it. No, um, this it really was kind of just like patching holes in a lot of places, with the yeah. exception of the get stuck in and grot shields yeah those are those are big shifts um uh another one too this one is kind of cool the warlord trait for goths proper killy uh mm-hmm. add one to your attacks characteristic and they added something to it so they <laughs> yeah, uh, yes it seems it doesn't really seem to be an faq that was just a straight like oh wait it's, it's a warlord, well this is in the errata this is this is in the errata section so okay. it's appropriate <laughs> Uh, but they added, uh, you know, if uh, if you know the warlord charges is charged as a heroic intervention, uh, he gets an extra AP on his weapons. That means that Gasgol on the charge, he's got he's swinging a negative four AP claw there. Not bad. Mm-hmm. It it makes goths in general slightly better. They're still not very good, but you know it's something. Absolutely. Um, and so, but when you talk about nuance as well, I actually did want to, you know, we, we spend a lot of time, uh, making fun of GW, but, um, I would like to, uh, have a slight thing that I didn't catch, uh, that was caught before, um, actually Brad Nichols pointed out, um, I rolled to, uh, I rolled to my advance, um, one of my evil sons guys, and he's like, oh, well, you know, the advance roll just is your movement, so... The, you either get the advance roll or the movement. Like, you can't add one to both. And I was like, that's not how it works. And I look <laughs> it in, and uh, sure enough, in Evil Sons, it says add one to your movement characteristic and add one to your advance roll. So they actually did hmm. specify characteristic and roll, so that would both work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was actually, I was like, Okay, that seems like a like uh, I feel like GW of, of years past would one hundred percent have just been like yeah you know what we mean <laughs> just, I don't know. just right put the thing I don't know that if you, you remember actually do so I I was I had not even thought of that and he was immediately said that and I was like wow yeah nope uh, I I actually can do it the way I did I I was thinking but uh, not because like 
I don't know if you remember on the Codex review, Rich Kilton talked for a moment about that, and he said, I'm so happy with how they worded it. They worded it so that it was both. So he knew that. Okay. Uh, we I just both They just flew over both of our heads because I actually didn't know what he was talking about. So yeah, you know. I, I didn't. I must. I don't even remember that. I must not have either. I must not have noticed that because, no. Well, he, I've listened to that podcast like four times, so. Um, so getting into the, uh, FAQs, the knob weapons list, I haven't dug deep enough into this. Um, so it's basically, uh, it's, uh, can a knob, uh, replace their slug and chopper with items from the knob weapon list? Can they take two weapons from the first list and one weapon from the second? Basically, can you give a knob three weapons? The answer is obviously no, but does this kill the double chopper knob? No, I don't believe it does. I think it kills the like double chopper and a slug and knob that people were trying to say they could run. Right on. Um, oh, and then no, the, the... my slug, uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> my pew pew. No, it's that um, one bullet that will make the difference. <laughs> custom custom shooter for two points ain't bad, right? Right. True. True um, story. You know. So uh, and then just skimming right along, they they and they of course they put a big bullet into um, can um, you know mech guns and and killer cans get oh. cultures. Yeah. No. And, and also the obvious kind of, well, it doesn't say that they benefit from the monster hunt. They don't. Yeah. So actually, that that's true. They actually closed a bunch. They closed all, again, they closed all the loopholes that everyone immediately went digging yeah. for. They they closed the uh, the index, anything interacting in index, you know, so the Imperial Armor books. So that means, mm-hmm. no, big guns don't, don't get it, even though. Well, actually, uh, they, mm-hmm. they're a separate unit, and, and the, the gun wouldn't have the Gretchen keyword. Uh, and then the other one is actually something that Ben Jerick was talking about, which is using the the snakebite strat to benefit uh, yep. um, snakebite Gretchen. Can't do it. Can't do it. So that's great. Um, they talk about. They also clarify stuff that I hadn't even thought about yet, which was how mob up works when you have an, an effect on on a unit. Uh, the answer is they are still affected. So. The one with um, mobbing up a unit that has a culture and one that is not was actually something I had not thought about before, but makes sense. It fits with the other rulings they have. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it actually contradicts the other one, though, because in one, they keep yeah. everything, and, and, then, and then they kind of make the exception, except for clans. So if you have like a, a soup detachment where they don't get, begin the benefit of cultures, and you mob up a unit of boys, then... Even though they might both have the same clan keyword, then the, the, the mobbed up unit wouldn't get the culture, even though the smaller unit might have had it. Yeah. Um, whereas with the other one, if the small unit has Warpath and it mobs up with a big unit, they both still have Warpath. Um, which, so anyway. Regardless, easy to keep straight in your head because we play 40k and we do that all the time. Um <laughs> Anything else? I think that's probably it for the Orc Fact Recap. I think this is a slam dunk for Orcs. I like Everything I th- was led to believe was, you know, Orcs can be amazing for five minutes and then the fact will ruin everything. And <laughs> I don't know. I, I think this, if anything, you know, this came out ahead with this fact in a lot of ways. Uh, I was disappointed that they didn't mention the double move and uh, bombing uh, ability. That, oh. um, I think that that could go either way. Uh, that's actually been covered in another FAQ already. In one of the earlier FAQs uh, regarding swooping hawks and the Eldar fire invade, uh, the question was wet, raised of whether they can drop bombs if they use fire and fade to move over a unit. And the answer was yes. 
Oh, no shit. All right. <laughs> I think I think we can just put it to bed that if it says as if it were the movement phase, you can they do really stuff mean as it. if it were the movement phase. <laughs> yeah. I, I just have to keep seeing it every time because I don't, like, <laughs> just, I just want it spelled out so I don't have, just here, it says I can do this specific thing. I don't have to look at the mm-hmm. Marine uh, FAQ to see if Auspex scan works. To see yeah. if, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's some of that for sure. <laughs> and so that's why it's like, and that's, then I honestly, I haven't even, like, like, I don't know. I, I don't think it's that imperative that it, it does say it one way or the other. It definitely makes the, definitely makes them a lot stronger, but I'm still like, uh, it's just having to explain that and do that to someone when they're like, what? Really? So, that's. I think it's pretty straightforward. It's as if it is the movement phase. You just got to repeat that slowly and loudly as if they don't speak English. Some people don't get it even when you do. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, it's, it's weird. Did you try slower and louder? <laughs> Apparently not. Okay, that, so try that, that, that one only works now. in Canada. Only works in Canada. <laughs> no, we just avoid eye contact and change the conversation. <laughs> also true. We talk about um, the weather. <laughs> we talk about the weather. And just move move on to something else less contentious. All right. So speaking of which, um, speaking of international content, Falcon. Oh, that's quite um, the segue. Uh, yeah, isn't it? You know what? And that reminds me. Uh, I didn't really explain why Pablo is 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 has vanished from today's podcast. And the answer is he's taken the black. You know, like Game of Thrones, except for Black Friday, everybody. That's because Frontline Gaming is going to have a wacky, crazy, awesome. Black Friday sale probably already started. It has already started. In fact, it's already started. Get on over to Frontline Gaming because that's how this podcast happens. And uh, buy some Black Friday stuff. So with that uh, international tournament update brought to you by Frontline Gaming, Black Friday sale, and the most slick integration of, of, of advertorial ever into a podcast, I will now hand things over to Peter. You're going to run us over the Alliance... Yeah, so um, while oh today's topic what was happening most, in the world, well, what was uh, well today we're going to talk mostly about uh, Renegade because we have uh, the great Steve Pamphrey here. Uh, we would be remiss not to talk about the two other uh, large tournaments that happened over the weekend that we had uh, So if we look to the Netherlands uh, on Saturday and Sunday, there was the Alliance Open GT. 120 people, so not exactly a small amount of uh, European folk showed up to uh, test their medal. It was a very big tournament. It it was very big. Um, It was an ETC-style tournament, mostly ETC. I was told that they they did make a couple modifications to the scoring, but it was essentially like a turtle war mixed with Maelstrom objectives. Um, The overall winner was uh, Malik Amin Rubio, who was running Double Spear Inari uh, <laughs> with a, an Alley Talk uh, Air Wing and a BL-10 Supreme Command Detachment. Um, he went 4-1, and one, actually. He didn't go 5-0. and oh. However, his first four opponents, he destroyed so thoroughly that he still won the tournament when it was all said and done. Um, there were three other players that went 5-0. and oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Val, uh, they were uh, Alex Petford, who did beat uh, Malik in the uh, in the final game. 
which you can watch on stream if you guys go to Alliance Open on Twitch. It's an excellent game to, to sit and watch, I would say. It's a, a nail-biter, a one-point differential in the ending of the game. Malik scored, I think I want to say 11 points. It was 11 or 15. It was like an absurd amount in the, in the final round, and it just came up short of winning. Uh, but he was playing Alex Bedford, who went 5-0, and running um, a Nurgle Demons detachment with 144 Plague Bearers. Um, <laughs> and then your normal character, you know, Slappity Bile, Scrivener, Poxbringer. Just, also a casual, had, just a casual 144 Plague Just a casual 144 Plague Bearers. He also had uh, 40 Bloodletters. And then your normal Corn uh, Demon Killer, uh, Demon Prince with a Skull Cleaver, a Herald of Slanesh, and a Feculent Gnarl Maw. Um, the other two players that went 5-0 and were uh, Innes Wilson running Kraken, like kind of your standard Kraken Tyranid list. And, Innes! Uh, I, Innes! Innes! Innes got the 5-0! Got the and and went 5-0 and with a Kronos Battalion, uh, with Rippers, your 6 Hiveguard, a Flyrant, and a Neurothrope, and then a Kraken Battalion with Swarmlord and all the Gene Stealers. Where did he um, finish up in Battle Points? Uh, I believe he was third in battle points when it was battle all said point. and done. Um, and then uh, fourth in battle points and also at 5-0 and was, and I'm sorry if I butcher your name, uh, if you listen to this, Faiz Hamdi, uh, who ran uh, Soaring Spite Harlequins. He had 18 Skyweavers, three Hemlocks, and uh, your little ally talk battalion with a Warlock, and a Farseer and 15 Rangers. Uh, overall, I hear the tournament went really well. I watched a couple of the VODs. Um, it was probably the most beautiful venue I've seen. Uh, everything was white. It looked very fancy. Apparently, Ooh. they fed them. They gave wow. them a dinner. Like, when I went to SoCal Open, I was offered half a hot dog from Pablo. That was the most I got for food at any <laughs> tournament I've was, ever been at. And that wasn't even what was for lunch, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I hear it's a great show. Uh, I would check out that VOD, particularly the Malik versus Alex Petford game. It, it is quite the, uh, quite the experience. Yeah, these um, guys, yeah, uh, I was just going to say, these guys uh, did a lot of great pre-tournament hype, too. Uh, there were some funny videos that they did uh, leading up to the Alliance Open. Yeah, Alliance it Open. looked like quite the show. Um, yeah. The organizers did several videos, uh, a number of blog posts. Like, It looks like it's just really well done, and I've only heard good things from the people that uh, I talked to that uh, went to the event. Also, a big shout-out to uh, Johan Barender, uh, who attended the event, who got me a lot of the um, lists um, and uh, tournament results prior to the Alliance Open guys getting back to me. Um, they've all been awesome to work with, so uh, good on you guys. Thanks a lot. Are the lists available anywhere in a public fashion, or are they locked away in a drawer somewhere? Uh, I believe there's a Google Drive. I'll see if um, it's open to everyone, and if it is, we maybe we can add it to the link on the Frontline Gaming site. Cool. Because everyone um, wants to see what the future of 40K looks like, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Although I don't yeah. know if you're going to see a whole lot out of the ordinary, other than 144 Plague Bearers, but that's an ETC thing, I think. Mm. Um the other tournament that was uh, pretty big had uh, the Western Australian Masters, um, uh, uh, part of the objective secured line of tournaments in Australia. 58 players, six rounds. Uh, the winner of the tournament, uh, in terms of um, best general, was Benjamin Slusserchuk, who went undefeated with a, a Chaos Undivided battalion. Um, it's kind of your standard... Bloodletter Bomb, um, and then a few Nurglings, and uh, I believe he had two uh, Corn Demon Princes rather than one. 
But now, Peter, might you call this a typical blood letter, blood letter bomb list? I, I, I would, I would. He also ran a, a Thousand Sons Battalion with, uh, you know, 30 Zangors, Ariman, a couple more Demon Princes uh, of the Zinch variety. Um, and he beat uh, Dom Malasavi in the uh, final, uh, in the finals, who was running a House Hawkshroud uh, triple gallant list. Uh, <laughs> Dom also took a Cadian Spearhead with a Lehman Rust Tank Commander. Uh, three basilisks, a vulture, and two regular hellhounds. He didn't go with the fat ass Forge World models, um, but went four and one. His only loss to the great Benjamin Schlusser Chuck. I'm sure there's an Australian way to say that. <laughs> I'm out of accents. I just can't. I can't do. Can't. Do anyway, Australia. I hear it was also a pretty decent show. They did a quite the blog about uh, how the event almost collapsed on them before it started, and no one knew. Uh, oh with the refrigerators <laughs> exploding and having to open a freezer to keep everything alive. It was, qu- it was quite the experience from uh, from what I read. So anyway, big shout out to them. If you want to see the full lists and results, you can check out Down Under Pairings. Uh, they use that instead of uh, BCP. But if you register, which you can do for free, you can uh, see the lists, uh, I believe, for uh, a month uh, after the tournament. Very so. cool. Yeah, and Mike Basque is uh, is the TO down there uh, who who leads an organization, I think, with his wife. I don't want to misspeak on that one. And uh, Western Australia, I've talked about it on the podcast before, it is literally the known as like the most isolated place on the planet. And they are getting almost a sixty person GT. Uh, sorry, major. Well, they were just right on the cusp of majorhood. Give it to them. Um, that's amazing. So, like, big big shout out and kudos to the people playing with their toy soldiers mm-hmm. on the far reach in the far reaches of Australia. No one else excited about this. All right, fine. I, I'm I mean, it's Australia. Yeah, what what's with the West Coast pooping on all the Australians? No, it's from the front line. They're always it's not that we don't the like them. It's just that we show our excitement inversely because they're in the Southern Hemisphere. So the quieter we are, the more excited we are about their tournament. This is true. It's a weird thing those, that they do. Those yeah. far too highbrow. Far too highbrow. We got to dial that right back. Can't can't be having those kind of analogies. Um, in Canada, we have lots of Australians because for some reason it's a Australian rite of passage to ski and whistler. They just that's, huh. that's what they do. Like they leave the nest and they ski and whistler for a year, get super drunk. And then uh, I don't know what happens after that. Maybe they become pilots now. I deal with them all the goddamn time. They become, <laughs> become fucking bush pilots. Become bush pilots. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, I guess moving right along. Anything of, of note that you saw out there? I mean, um, uh, anything that uh, made you raise your eyebrow? I mean, those are two wildly different places, different parts of the planet. Playing they were, but they ran very similar tournaments. Um the uh, triple gallant list was pretty popular by the looks of things uh, in the lists I've checked out. I haven't gotten the full data yet through with the uh, Western Australian Masters, but um, like their best, uh, I think two of their top five players ran triple gallants uh, of slightly hmm. different varieties. So it was uh, they're kind of in a different in a different meta, I guess, where they, do you know they what, just love their triple do you know gallants. What, <laughs> those trip gallants. Not five gallants though. That would be no. Cheating. You stop at three, guy Val. Come you, on. You want you want to stop at three. Um. Uh. Yeah. Do you uh, do you know? Do they have a different format down there, or were they, they were using a, I believe it uh, an etc format or something very similar. I was trying to find the full player pack uh, for that uh, particular tournament. I haven't yet. I haven't reached out to the tos yet. Um. 
just I don't want to bother them. It's, it didn't seem like that big of a deal, but the scoring uh, was very reminiscent of how uh, I see like um, hmm. ETC tournaments scored. Reminiscent of a twenty very... points to give up. Mm-hmm. Cool point differential in effect, likely. Well, thank you for taking us around the world, Peter. I do my best. Make it like a around the world. So we'll get we'll get like some sort of cool bumper for that at some point. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, Let's 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 bring it let's bring it back home. Well, not for us, Peter, but for the other two gentlemen on the podcast. Back to the glorious United States of America. What was it? Minnesota? Where was this? Where was this tournament? It was Minnesota, Minneapolis. Minneapolis. That's like Twin Cities. It basically basically is. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely right. Um Okay, so Twin Cities. So just a little hopski over for you, uh, Stephen. Did you have you uh, played in this one before? I have. This is my third time this tournament, actually. Third yeah. time. You've been smitten by the uh, Twin Cities. I have. I uh, I go there. I try to make the trip every year because uh, I uh, rode with uh, in I rode in college with one of uh, one of my buddies, and he lives out there. So I usually make a three day weekend out of it and hang out with him on the Friday or Monday after. Friday before Monday after. Does he does he also play 40k? He does not. Uh, he's so, so you like see him for five minutes? <laughs> well, no, he hang out all day. You know, it's once a year. Hey, can you? So you got a dice caddy? Yeah. That's nice. So uh, no, well, yeah. well, because the the tournament's just on Saturday and Sunday. So I'll fly. I flew in. Mm. Uh, well, I tried to fly in Friday morning, um, and then my plane uh, broke, and then we had to get on a second plane, and then that plane also broke, and then. Finally, the third plane. Should have called the, the third plane. Did work, and then uh, I was supposed to meet uh, Jared Friedman, and we were going to take a cab together. But his flight was delayed because someone unknown who that was took his plane, uh, <laughs> so that they didn't have one anymore. So wow, <laughs> maybe yes, it, was it was you. It was, was, was going all of your yeah, planes, was, bro. We took the plane. We were both on JetBlue, and they were like, <laughs> so, <laughs> he, he sent like a group chat, and he's like, yeah, yeah they said that uh, someone took our plane, and I'm like, yep, that's that's me, I'm on it right now in the sky, <laughs> like, <laughs> good luck, so. So you're, ro- so you're rolling into Minnesota, yep. and, uh, and and it's, it's familiar territory for you, what's the, now these guys, they have a podcast, right? I've got Objective Secured stuck in my head, they are... Oh, come on. Anyone here listen to podcasts? You guys podcast fans? I don't even listen to this podcast. <laughs> Whoa, you should, man. Harsh. I sound great. Uh, they, um, well, they did Iron Halo is... TV was the one doing the streaming. Um, right. I don't know if if that's related to the podcast, though. I feel oh. like they did have a podcast. Battle host. Although I am they are not. the battle hosts. Okay. The, the one of the tos is is on the yeah he talks a yep. lot about so this the renegade format became kind of a rival itc format towards the end of seventh edition they had sort mm-hmm. of a circuit and maybe iron halo is part yeah, of that it was it was uh, at least for, is, for 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 me like the the last year of seventh there was there was itc it was like nova until you know you, you you'd go from after renegade you go to uh or no it was adepticon and then you'd go to Nova, and then you'd go to LVO, or then Renegade, then LVO, and then to back to Adepticon. And those were like the four formats that you would like go through for the through the year, and uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Renegades, Renegades, fun. They've uh, do, do you do you mind we start talking about the the uniqueness of their 
uh, mission now. I would have pro- I would have said this whole thing was a cleverly designed segue okay. to begin discussing uh, <laughs> the uniqueness of their format. Uh, but they th- these guys are uh, so you can hear them on the podcast that I just mentioned. I already forgot battle hosts. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all about um, actually they have lots of great kind of like this podcast. They they get into the nitty gritty of 40k and and uh, build a better community. Something something something. They have a tagline, mm-hmm. um, but they have great sort of how to podcasts and they will talk about their format passionately because it's it's supposed to be data driven and it's all about making the game go faster. And now Stephen Pampering. What's their format all about? Uh, so they have an interesting one in that they uh, they try to kind of take into account the difficulty of the uh, basically the opponents that you played before. So you have four mission tokens, and I'm, I'm not going to go too too much into what those missions actually do. Um, but generally, it's easier for your army to do one to two of them, and harder for you to do one to two of them. Uh, so you'll play three games and you have four missions and when you play your first opponent you pick a mission and then you can't play that mission again you have an actual physical token that you have to put on the table that they collect and then that token's gone so it was um, for me it was really important uh, to you you kind of you have to husband your your um, your missions uh, I'm really good at two of the missions. It's kind of mediocre at the other two, but uh, both times, um, my first two opponents of the three opponents of the day, I didn't need to use my difficult missions. And so when I got to my last opponent of the day, and then I only had two missions left, they were two of my best missions, and I could pick which ones I wanted to do. And I didn't have to, and I it made it a lot easier to go to those games. And both times when I played, my my opponent had used their two good missions that they were good at for theirs for their game one and two. So both of my most difficult games, which was game three and game six, uh, I had a significant advantage in the mission um, because I had been able to pretty easily stomp the other four games. Now that's that's super cool and. How how was the actual tournament bracket structured? Because I I was a little confused following along on BCP because of how the matchups wound up being. Did did you bracket down? Did you go to like top sixteen in the last? Yeah, three so games? the last so day one it, it's like a, like LVO. There's a day one and then a uh, um, they bracket to the top sixteen, or they they finished the the top sixteen, but they only had three games. They didn't have the full four games that you needed for a sixteen. Um, so hmm. just ignore what I said about LVO. Actually, never mind. Uh, they, <laughs> so it's nothing uh, like LVO. Uh, so they go to a top 16. Um, basically, they let in a bunch of also people LVO's that did eight. have a loss because um, there was 74 people there. Um, so there was people that made it in with, with a loss into the top 16. But uh, they were not in the running to win it, if that makes sense. Uh, so you had like the top like mm-hmm. you know, it was eight or ten people maybe that were undefeated. I don't, I don't know, probably eight. Um, I think there had to be. Uh, and so those eight people would all play each other until they were either defeated or won the tournament. So, And so what happens to like the, the other 60 people? They uh, went and uh, they had a three-round RTT with 60 people. Oh. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> cool. Ganyo was, uh, we talked afterwards, and he was a little annoyed because he got a 119, and that bumped him from uh, out of a possible 120. And uh, that bumped him from, like, a 15-way tie for first 
down to sixteenth <laughs> or something like that. Uh, so yeah, it's it was a little. Uh, that was more just to have three fun games. That wasn't really. It didn't seem like it was that. It, the the competitive part of the cool. uh, of the of the field was kind of supposed to move over to do the top sixteen, and then everyone else was supposed to kind of have a good time. So we've already spoiled the lead uh, as to what your overall result was, but coming into it, um, you got this hot new, you got this hot new book. You got you got some new tech to deal with. Um, what kind of a list did you decide on, and how did you uh, how did you wind up choosing? Uh, so I was in Seattle that week, um, away from and you know generally just kind of grinding away at work, and I did not have time to get out my uh, my cardboard. Uh, my cardboard pieces in the hotel room and uh, actually figure out what's going to be good. So I kind of had to do it entirely by theory hammer. Um, I had, um, I had one practice game against Eldar. Um, and that was, that was all I got before choosing my list. So it was, it was pretty much entirely theory hammer. Uh, the Ludus seemed mathematically the best shooting. Um, boys are still good and, uh, commandos, so just fun. a quick for the people at home, quick quick rundown. What what was the actual? Oh uh, sure. So it was um, three battalions, ninety boys in one battalion, and then sixty Blood Moon. Uh, Blood Moon. I'm gonna. Everyone calls it that. Like it's 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 uh, Bad Moon. Uh, is the uh, <laughs> name of the is the name of the, the culture. Um, bad Moon Grots. Uh, and those Bad Moon Grots were to protect twenty two Bad Moon Ludas. And then I also had 35 Evil Sons Commandos and 90 Evil Sons Boys. Um, so it was a little over 200 models. Um, and then I had, for my HQs, I had three Weird Boys, a Big Mech uh, with the KFF on a bike. That's uh, a custom force field. And then I had a War Boss and Snickrot. Yeah, yeah. Snickrot. I, we're we're going to have to talk about the poor, poor trials of Snickrot. He tried so hard. It wasn't his fault. Um, <laughs> that's why I'm, I'm really curious to know about I had a lot of people Snickrot. ask me about Snickrot um, it was just like I just had to feel bad for the dude he, was, he tried so hard but uh, <laughs> 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 he made all his charges he did everything I asked and it just it just um, so and then what was the last thing uh, the last thing would be I had uh, I had a single evil son's pain boy um, and he was a champ he healed okay. one weird boy I think eight wounds in a game uh, kept kept him chucking. <laughs> so, the, so the weird boys, the weird boys were were evil were, sons. Yeah. Why'd you go that way? Uh, didn't want to break my evil sons attachments. Uh, needed needed those eight inch charges off uh off of reserves. I I literally can't even count the number of eight inch charges I I made um off of off of reserves. Uh, it's it's just so it's just so important to have it. It's really it's really hard yeah. to justify any other um any other culture because it's like yeah. it doesn't matter you could have a culture that had twice the number of attacks not even just like goths having an additional one ish uh if you yeah. can't make the charge i don't i don't like <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't matter you know um so if you don't think evil sons are a big deal go back to the index and fail more than it should. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that's all you need like, to do i mean we've we've talked about this in our orgs that like Literally, if all they had done to the index is just been like, yeah, this is just what orcs do. Like, we would have, like, just been like, yep, you get uh, evil sons, and you get double swing. And we're like, all right, we're good. Like, <laughs> like, <that's, laughs> Absolutely. like yeah, we, I, you know, I would have, you know, 
done really well uh, with with that. I probably would have stuck with that for a lot longer than I did. Um, so no, it, it's uh, it, it's it's a it's a brutal list. Um, I was I was really surprised at how well it did, considering I had no practice. Um, I played I played one game against my friend with like uh, who was playing very similar to the uh, Serpent Spam list. I played in uh, I played at SoCal a few weeks ago. Uh, and then I played one practice game uh, in my living room. Funnily enough, I swear to God, against Colin Sherman's Yanari Eldar list, uh, who I played in the <laughs> finals. Um, so I'm I'm a weirdly lucky or accurate in planning out the lists that I play against. At ATC, I I practiced against probably five lists total, and I ended up playing three of them in five games. So. Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's, it's almost worrying when I pull the list out of. It's like, well, I know I'm gonna play this person now. So, well, double spears, Yanari. There's, there's a reason. No, there, there was a number of them. I was just surprised that I played you know. like literally that list, like just straight up, <laughs> <laughs> literally. Um, yeah, you didn't even have to sign up for, for, for yeah. Nice Pro. <laughs> Because that was that was actually Nick Nanavati. That's how he he got he got my thirty bucks this month because I wanted to watch him play orcs. <laughs> yeah, mm. no, I I considered it, but, uh, but I was like, no, I'm, I'm a better orc player than Nanavati. I don't I don't need to watch that. So. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, okay. shots fired. <laughs> Probably true. Also, um, uh, I was gonna say that one one point is uh is Commandos a little contentious. Like I was chatting with him, yeah. at, at at Warzone about about Commandos. How did you find that they perform? Uh, it's funny you ask. He he messaged me today actually and was like, "So I've been trying all these other things, and uh, I think I have to run commandos, but I really don't want to because everyone's <laughs> going to say I'm just copying you. But I really do think they're <laughs> they're yeah, really good. They're, uh, they they make Super the list. Good. There was there was a lot of times where it was well, <laughs> what's what's funny is um uh there there's a a lot of my games, they, they, they didn't come to the the, the the third the third rank of the Romans. There, it's like the battle gets really bad when it gets to the third rank. Um, the commandos kind of were that third rank. Um, there was the boys, mm. the ludas, and then the commandos. And so the commandos didn't do anything in several of my games. But the games that I was close, that I was losing, the commandos won me the game. So that's where that's huh. where they're really good. Um, and how did you? How, so were you leaving them in deep strike? Oh, I, I deep strike them and strike out every game. Um, okay. So I guess so. Do you want me? To, I'll just do a rundown of my games. I guess. Yeah, or even or even some like some some favorite hits. I know, for example, um, you know, right right off off the hop, you you faced three talists. Three talists. Yeah. Um, so, so that's a that's like a, a cold sweat nightmare of mine from from playing uh, <laughs> Um Clearly, clearly things have changed. Um, people have immediately, namely me, just immediately thought, well, Tal are probably still pretty good against orcs. So, uh, what the hell was happening in the Tal matchup? And John, I believe, pre 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 uh, pre rambling mm-hmm. in in the before the show, we were we were talking. You just sort of offhandly said Tal probably pretty good against orcs. Still, uh, you still sticking to that, Sean? Still gonna say yeah, that? I think, I think Tau have at least a solid and maybe even slightly favorable matchup against Orcs, depending on the specific lists involved. Um, 
but on the other hand, orcs are a very, very good book, and they're new to a lot of people, so I think there's certainly that aspect yeah. that a lot of folks are still struggling with. I wasn't entirely trying to screw <laughs> you with that, that hand grenade I threw at No, you. no, I'll take it. Um, I was kind of, but... Um, yeah, I think it's also just a, an instant thing that people jump. I think I feel like a lot of people are jumping to this concept that orcs, you know, oh, I'll just bring some anti infantry. Or, you know, mm. like, oh, whatever, I got lots of guns that'll shoot. So, like, yeah. my, know, uh, my first opponent is Tau. Um, nice guy. Uh, just didn't really come to play a tournament, uh, frankly. Um, he didn't have marker lights. I don't know. Like, it was just. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I, just, I just shot him off the board. So. That wasn't really that wasn't really much to talk about that game. Uh, he was a nice guy. He did talk to me after the tournament. It was funny. He was like, "Well, I would have taken that game a lot more seriously if I knew we were gonna win the thing." Like <laughs> he was just kind of like, he was like, oh, I don't know. "Oh, orcs, all right." I don't even think he knew that like a codex came out. So he was just like, "What's happening? Oh my god." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this is the first round matchup. I yeah, it was. And, uh, my buddy who. Uh, my buddy Ryan, um, he had like the roughest tournament. Uh, he ended up like seventh or eighth with the highest strength of schedule by like five hundred. Like it was just his. It was saying he started off playing Chuck. Like that was his the other good orc player there with you know who went five and one. So like, so he he had to play uh, and then and Ryan beat him actually. So my other the other orc guy had to start out playing a really good Eldar player with seven serpents, and I was like yeah. Yeah. towel with <laughs> like my only problem was getting through the game in time uh to make sure i got my max um so the next the next game was again tau um from memory the list was something like 70 to 80 fire warriors three of the commanders and uh-huh. about a zillion drones i think like 60 a lot okay. of drones including 27 sniper drones which seems to be growing more popular so uh this yeah. one was decided very quickly in terms of the game turn. Um, Hammer and Anvil, there wasn't that much terrain. It's player placed. I put it off all to the side. Tau player did that as well because I don't think he realized what was about to happen. And then I hmm. went first and I killed 38 drones with the Ludas. Yep. And I reserved yeah, I 60 boys and all the commandos. And then he went and then he shot like 20 of the boy squad I had on the board and then my turn too. I tidied that squad, dropped another 100 boys, and shot the Ludas and pretty much tabled them turn two. Wowzers. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, so, I didn't you charge actually said something. in that game. <laughs> so you said something there um, where it was, you, you reserved two units of boys. So you spent yeah. four CP. I mean, granted, you're, you're rocking 18. I think I was actually rocking 19 but... that game. Uh, I, when, I, when I don't have anything for my war boss to do, um, I started doing the extra CP one. Um, one CP is mm-hmm. kind of big. Yeah. Yeah. So, so nine, the, the moral of the story here is though, is like, I'm, I'm sure a lot of orc players are thinking, I got to save every, every CP possible for the Ludas, you know, cause they, they're going to eat, a you turn, know, five, a turn, five yeah. to, yeah. Um, so, so you, so you were fairly confident that you needed what, two rounds of shooting? Yeah. Uh, the Ludas, I mean, literally, I didn't even need the 60 boys in reserve. I could have forgotten them, and I still would have probably tabled them in three turns. Um, and that's not, like, cockiness. It's just, like, orc shooting is that good, especially against a bunch of yeah. Tau who had to stand out in the open because they put all the terrain on the side of the table. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was it was just it was just brutal. Like, he, he just... <laughs> the poor guy, he started out, my, my buddy told him before, he's like, yeah, it's... Good luck, man. It's going to be rough. So he started out like kind of dejected, and he's like, all right, I'm just going to deploy here. 
see what can happen. Like, maybe I can do it. And then I won the roll to go first, and he didn't seize. And then I just killed 38 drones. <laughs> he was like, oh, well. I, did, did you do the, uh, the, the coveted game not going so well for you, champ? Can I buy you a beer? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we went out and got something to eat. It's like the the only problem is that it does take a long time to just resolve Luda shooting, even though it was mm-hmm. just killing everything they could see. And then it's even more brutal because I shot everything I could see, and then he moved back behind us. There was this kind of hill thing in the middle, and then I knew that's what he was going to do. So my turn one, I had thirty of the grots on the other side, and then turn two i just did jump the ludas over there and then shot them all in the end he's just like oh my god there's just nothing i can do and i was like no <laughs> like it's not so um and and i was i was very fortunate this turn in tournament the, through the whole tournament every time um when i needed it i got the three shots on the ludas um and that's right. i mean i it's not skill that was just if i'd gotten one shot on the ludas every time i needed three it may have been a very different tournament for me did you did you have to ever reroll? Uh, I believe I did once or twice. Most of the time, I just straight up got a six <laughs> the first time. So, yeah, it was good. <laughs> um, and that's something like keeping in mind. You know, I'm trying to look back at the tournament, and be like, all right, what can I you know do better and learn? And I have to be like, all right, I can't just like be like, yeah, you know, I'm just gonna go first against Tal and just pick up 38 drones. Like, I'm just gonna do that every time. Like, you can't actually. <laughs> I mean, you can reliably kill like you know, 30. 25 like but and And even that is depending on the situation a little optimistic because they i mean they can have cover too so if they're just throwing four ups against all your shots you're probably not going to actually push 60 wounds he did did forget to do the cover strat which that was yeah not a good idea should not have done that um so he's just standing even more yes but i don't think it would have made a difference Mm -hmm. i mean i would have had to actually charge him maybe but yeah, I'm sure you probably still would have won from the like, the sound of the way the game yeah, was going. Yeah, and it was and it was one of those games where you're just like it's just going really well, and your dice are like let's just sink it in. So like I had yeah. like I had like 15 commandos that dropped. Like all right, we're gonna charge this character, and I was like, wait, I have pistols, and they just killed the character with pistols, <laughs> and I was like, uh, <laughs> I guess we're just gonna not charge anyone, and then like so wow. yeah, there's <laughs> that game was that was that was rough for him. Um, and then my third round, uh, and again, so this is very important to mention these missions, right? So both these tile games, I was like, I'm not going to need any of these good missions. Um, so I, I played both bad missions and just you know nearly tabled or actually did table. Um, my third round, I played against uh, th- three wardens and a, with a bunch of Avenger Gatling knights. Uh, I forget. I can never remember what they're called. It was... The warden is the two gun, or the crusader is the two gun one. Yeah, and if that's we played what you're three crusaders of. and a, and one warden, I believe. Okay, yeah. So that that was super bad. Orcs don't like that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, especially not pre FAQ. Yeah, especially not pre FAQ. Um, and so what Sean's referring to there is the is the uh, the grot shield stratagem. So this this uh, this game started with me getting second, which did not want. And he just picked up 40 Grots and 8 Ludas. And I had to spend 2 CP to reserve the other uh, 10 Ludas so that they would stay off the... so that they wouldn't get shot. Um, because you can only Grot Strat 1, and I couldn't hide. Um, actually, no, yeah. excuse me. On that game, I could hide. So, so in general, can you 
Can you touch a bit on terrain? So it's player place, but how, how dense Basically, is it like? there was two buildings and then four hills. And the hills were one and two sections high. And the sections were two inches. So they actually did fully hide infantry units. Um, so you, hmm. you couldn't have, you know, like you couldn't ha shoot across corners and stuff with, uh, with normal infantry guys. Uh, there was a few knobs who got some of their boys killed with their weapons hung, uh, sticking in the air. Which is a little annoying, but those those enthusiastic uh, yeah they, snaps. <laughs> they sit and then it's like oh look I can see that guy and you're like dude just put your axe down man like you're getting like those guys are getting killed <laughs> you're getting shelled <laughs> so, man that was uh yeah and then you know that's a little like uh, they're doing that to you and they're like well well you're not on thirty two millimeter bit I'm like get out of here this is just Oh yeah, get into yeah. that. So that I don't get know if you that. guys watched uh, any of you guys who watched the stream. I was I was a little uh, little salty on the stream about this. Uh, there was a specific FAQ for uh, Renegade only that uh, not this was not a 25 millimeter uh, Renegade uh, FAQ. This was an Orc boy red, uh, FAQ. It only applied to Orc boys. Uh, hmm. You couldn't swing in multiple in more than two ranks. Even, Even if they're, they're on 30. 32s. Huh. I know, actually... Really? It, it, actually, prejudice, thir man. No, 32s could, but 25s couldn't. And I was like, so 32s are better here? And he's... So, eventually, on stream, we, we hacked it out, and he was saying that you just can't swing straight across a base. And I was like, that seems weird that you're making us think about it. And I was like, what if I just do he like hexagons like I do on 32s anyway? And he's like, well, that's fine. And I was like, okay. So, I just... Then after that, it basically didn't change anything because then I just didn't stand rank to rank. I just slid a little and I got all my guys in. Um, mm -hmm. But that did make a difference. I missed out on probably about 15 boys in the night game um, that didn't get to swing because there was only so much room around a, you know 60 boys charged into one night and there's just only so much room mm -hmm. around the night. And then I missed out on 10 swinging on Zangors, which that really did hurt. Um you know, that killed several boys because they didn't finish the Zangors off. Um, I, I yeah. derailed us here. We, I, I, I took you down a rabbit hole as you're about to tell us what would happen. No, it's entirely <laughs> my bad hosting. Um, you, you were about to tell us what happened when four knights are looking at you wanting to mess oh, up yeah, your shit. Oh, um, yeah. They, uh, they generally do mess up your shit. Uh, that, would be, that would be my official orc uh, analysis of that game. Um, what, what do you guys think the over under on the? Uh, well, or let's just let's just say this, right? So I start out with over two hundred models uh, to his four knights, right? At the end of the game, I outnumbered him two to one. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I had two single knobs left uh, that were getting me like <laughs> five points <laughs> between them. Wow. Um, so yeah, it was it was a it was a brutally close game. Um, but and because and I won it because I had the good missions and he didn't. He was four knights that had to hold objectives every turn, and I was two hundred models that had to hold four of the objectives once. <laughs> so and then I had, yeah it, it was you know huge. I got I got to basically just max my primary, and he was struggling to max his. So that was that was big. It definitely does feel like the uh, the ability to kind of effectively use your missions and make sure you pick and choose the right ones for the right times is a huge part of doing well in that format. Yeah, uh, you you have to not only 
Well, it makes it so that it's not like, uh, you don't just have to win your games, you have to crush your easy games and your medium games. Mm-hmm. You don't just, you can't just win tight every time. You have to be like, nope, I'm going to win, and I don't even need, like, you can pick the mission, and I'm going to win it. You know, you basically have to be able to do that for one to two year matchups. Um, preferably two of them. It's a lot easier if it's two of them. So that's um, case in point, and th- and that's and that's what was so important about the orcs this round is I had four matchups where I was like, ah, I'm gonna do this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't I don't need I don't care what the mission is. So um, that's something that when I switch over to uh, you know prepping for uh, LVO is that's that's gonna be a that's gonna be tough. Um, that's gonna be a big change. So you're going. So after this, you you cower on your objectives. You tune out to make it to the end. Uh, so now we're into the yeah. Bracket? So this was now into the next day. There's 16. Um, there was a lot of talk. We we didn't. I had no idea who I was going to play the next day because there was there was a lot of back and forth. And at the end of the day, they were just like, ah, let's go with what's in the app. Uh, so they announced <laughs> that like 10 minutes before the round, and so it's like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm playing this person. So I I didn't have much. Uh, I didn't get to look at the list much. Um, before, but it was chaos. It was two rhinos, some berserkers, um, thirty zangors, some princes, uh, and some uh, psychic support, like Armon and uh, a shaman, I think. And a trio of armagers. Oh, and a trio of armagers. Yes, yeah, can't forget them. Uh, so that game, um, if I remember correctly, um, yeah. So he went first. And uh, this was this was one of my games where I uh, I had a really bad misplay, and um, he just didn't take advantage of it. Uh, I deployed the uh, Ludas way too close. There's no reason for them to be in the building. Should have just put one squad out of line of sight and the other squad in line of sight, but covered in grots. Um, he could have warp times. Uh, he dark crystalled um, Zangors up right in front of me, which is what he should do. And then he should have warp timed them and double swung and killed all my Ludas round one. That would have sucked. You wouldn't be able to warp time them, right? Because I thought that was the ruling with the dark, dark crystal. crystal you can warp time. Oh, gross! Yeah, yeah, because you start on the board. Yeah, I yeah. don't know how people feel about that. I don't. Maybe that's something I, that was touched in the FAQ today. No one's noticed yet. But if it's in there, I sure haven't seen it. Yeah. I feel like that probably should not work. It shouldn't. But rules is written, it does. Yeah. Mm. So gross. And even. Even with that, I just got extremely lucky in that the um, the grots happened to be like 3.1 inches in front of the Ludas, mm. so he couldn't declare the Ludas um, from where he was. Um, but that was just right. luck. Like that, I, it could have been 2.9, you know. And then he would have just made the charge, double swing, and killed him anyway. Um, so, and then he failed to charge, so it didn't even like it, it, I, got, I got lucky, <laughs> frankly, with that one. <laughs> Um, and then the Ludas, they rolled, I think they rolled three shots, or maybe it was, maybe it was only two shots that game. Um, busted up the Rhinos, got me Solo Blood, which is worth a lot of points there. Um, shot up the Zangors a bunch. Uh, the, that one came down, let's see, and then I charged into the Zangors with, uh, you know, I still had like 90 boys, because he, he shot the Armagers at the boy squad. And he killed, like, 16. And I'm like, all right. So spend three CP, tied them over to where I actually want them. <laughs> then they go then they, then they go murder the Zangors. Uh, and I was like, all right. He's like, well, I wouldn't have done that if I knew that was a strat. 
And I'm like, yeah, new codex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people are going to get caught off guard by a lot of orc stuff for a while oh, here. Yeah, definitely. Did Did you feel like that was a like a like a significant advantage for you? I think it, it evened out. I screwed up so much stuff that I wouldn't do if I had mm. another week or two to practice or another tournament under me. So, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think I think it evened out, um, and, it, and it did come down to, like, how well can both people deal with a book that they're not super familiar with? Um, I would have, yep. if I'd had, like, it, it almost kind of hurt me having, like, three, like, kind of, like, super easy um, matches. Uh, because when I got to the final match with the Inari, I was, like, I was way too comfortable. Um, and I and I really hadn't been tested that much, uh, and like on how to do it. You you had an easy posture on screen. <laughs> yeah, was I was just like, this is the like this is by far the easiest tournament I've ever been in, and I'm playing for the top game. Like this is crazy. Um, yeah, you know my. <laughs> so what happens after? So just before we sure. get to Mr. Sherman, who's a, a rival podcaster, and we're scooping <laughs> right now. So we got to get this out so that Pablo can uh, edit it, and. Colin Sherman's podcast is scooped. So, uh, yeah. um, that's an old timey term for report a story before someone else. Uh, what happens in the second uh, last So I game? played Brad Nichols Tau again. Um, in this game, this had a, <laughs> this was pretty, pretty funny. Um, it was, it was Vanguard. Um, so I, let me see if I remember correctly. Uh, I reserved one of my squad of, of, uh, Ludas. Yes, I reserved one of my squad of Ludas. I reserved two of my um, squads of Shooter Boys, so I had a lot in reserve, as you might guess. <laughs> um, and uh, and I did it out, and I think it was just a little under a thousand points in my army uh, that was in that was in reserve. And he uh, he won the roll off. He had fewer drops, and he made me go first. And I had a building um, right behind me. Uh, I was fortunate, and I won the, uh, you know, because of the player pace terrain, he made it so that there was a chance that I wouldn't end up with a building to hide behind. I got the building to hide behind. Again, this tournament just worked out really well for me. I just won the rolls I needed to. And um, I so I hid my entire army in there. He couldn't shoot anything turn one. and uh, But the funny thing is I, I, couldn't, I couldn't shoot him either. And so he made me go first, and I took zero voluntary actions turn one. <laughs> I literally just looked at my army for like 30 seconds, like talked it through. And I was like, I can move up, but then I'm going to be in smart missile range. And the whole reason I put my shit here was so that I'm not in smart missile range. And then I just shoot a few Ludas at like some like fire warriors or something. And I was like, nope, you go. Like, <laughs> you got this. And, um, it, and then he said, yeah, well, and then he was shit. Like, huh, all right. So then he, he went for it. He did his turn. And then the funniest part was, you know, my turn two come and my first voluntary actions. And, uh, you know, I, I get my army out and I put everything in and I start putting stuff on the board. And he's like, hey, wh what are you doing? It's, and I was like, what do you mean? What am I doing? He's like, it's turn one. And I'm like, no, it's it's turn two now. And he's like, oh my god you're right and i could see his mind was blown for like a good 15 20 seconds as he's like yeah oh my he god Cause I, I almost i i'm, I'm sure that he, he's a very careful player and, he, and he's good but i'm sure a lot of people 
would have forgotten that and just left a bunch of holes because they were like, it's turn one, and just, like, moved up, you know? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> That's what Heffelfinger calls catching his zone. He's... Just a gap hard, and you're not even sure yeah. why you're standing there. I think I think I might have been able to do it if I had just like if I had thought about it before and just you know made the skip faster. You know what I mean? Like you go first, mm. I'm good. You go, like <laughs> it just, just <laughs> like instantly, right? Uh, but the fact that I took like a minute to debate it, maybe you know that's what let him catch up to the fact that he might actually need to zone out his back corners and stuff. Um, because then, yeah, so then turn, um, cause he, he just, he shot like two grots or whatever, turn one. Um, and it actually was funny. He, um, he couldn't, because I, I stretched out my grots in a super long line all the way to the back of the table. So he couldn't like get in range to kill whole squads. So I actually spent two CP to keep two grots alive <laughs> so that I couldn't give up a kill on turn one. That was nice. It was my only thing I did basically besides roll saves. Um, so then turn, my turn two comes down, I drop everything. The Ludas roll three shots, which, like I said, they need, every, every time they needed to do that, they did it. Um, I did jump them into a good spot, and uh, I think, so, I don't know, I, I should have gone over what his list was, but it was three Riptides, um, 70 Fire Warriors, he had a Devilfish with uh, some Sniper Drones, and then I think, like, 15 random assorted drones with characters and then some pathfinders. I don't know how I feel about this rise of, of, of the fire warrior all of a sudden. I've noticed a few lists running a bunch yeah, of fire one warriors. One of the lists that uh, Renegade had uh, 180 fire warriors. Wow. Oh, wow. Someone ran <laughs> yep. that? It did not do well, but it, it, it nope. was run. Nope. It, yar. 180 fire warriors is not good. Uh, Thankfully, I did um, not have to play that. Yeah. Simply because the dice would have been annoying. That would yeah. have taken a little while. Dice yeah. time. By the way, if anyone watched Steven on the stream, he's doing this with what looked to be 30 yeah. dice. I, I kept it to 30 dice. I will say yeah, my uh, nice. my night opponent, uh, we got through our game fast. We did, uh, we, we've started nicknaming it, uh, there, you know, there's, there's, there's regular dice and there's fast dice, right? Well, well orcs, orcs need mass dice. We, we one one step <laughs> further, which uh, for us was roll enough dice so that your wound roll has roughly 30 left, and then just multiply the results and just call it that. So when I was playing the <laughs> night person, I'd be like, all right, I have 160 attacks. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to roll 40. All right, 30. All right, I get five wounds. Uh, call it uh, 20. And he's like, Sure. <laughs> you just roll it out. <laughs> and so, um, they, that worked great. He was he was a great dude. We had a we had a, we had a fantastic game, and he told me after it was one of his his best games he's had all year. And I was like, yeah, that was fun. Um, it was and it was a it actually that one. Sorry to keep going back, but um, the only thing that kept me uh, and and this I, I have to give Rich Rich Kilton a hard time. This 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 is the difference between the the new generation of orc players. More credit. Here. I have to I have to throw shade. He lost his last game at SoCal Open because he forgot that the knob rule uh, prevents boys from running away in squads. I did not, mm. and that's what kept two knobs on the board to prevent me from losing. Nice. Yeah. So I had, I had 28 points left to his uh, almost full wound night. It's not fair. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but against going back to the Tau game. 
um, against Brad, I shot the Ludas. Uh, they double shot. They got three shots. Um, the boys dropped down, shot a bunch of fire warriors up. The commandos came down, shot their pistols, and charged through some stuff. I made all my charges. Um, I killed the devilfish and all but... Well, I killed the devilfish and... There was seven fire warriors left that weren't trapped by boys. Hmm. So he had three riptides, and oh, and he lost all the drones as well, um, except for the sniper drones. So at the end of turn two, he had three riptides, his characters, uh, one uh, one squad of uh, actually sorry, it was two squads of fire warriors in the back, but I had shot at them, so there was like only five left. Um, and then uh, trap fire warriors, and that was it. So the Luda shooting, it's just too real for, like, <laughs> for... And then because I was doing a turn two, he couldn't even use the cover strat. He just ate it. Um, and yeah. it, it was, yeah, that was really bad. Um, and again, this when we talk about, like, you know, how I can play better, um, I took the Evil Sons war trait on my Evil Sons war boss, which I'm finding is actually a terrible war trait, warlord trait. I don't... It seems like it should be good, but it's not. You, you never want to leave. Just don't yeah. find yourself trapped in combat often enough. Yeah. I Well, the thing is, there's not actually much in my army. Uh, I don't take power claws. I have big chapas everywhere. So whenever I run into anything with a two-up save, like, I really need it to die. So the mm -hmm. taking the plus one damage, reroll hit. Um, if I had done hmm. that, my war boss would have been able to just pick up a... Because um, then, well... Getting, getting ahead of myself a bit, but turn three then, he shot a bunch of boys off, the, he killed like a bunch of my commandos, um, and then uh, I shot one of his riptides and smited it, and then my war boss and all the boys charged into the, the big mass of dudes, and if my war boss had had the four damage claw, um, with reroll hits, reroll wounds, plus he had Fist of Gork for six attacks at strength 16, um, he would have picked up both riptides, and then it would have been game over. Um, but instead, he didn't have that. He had the other Warlord trait, and I had to double swing him to kill just one Riptide. And then his Melta characters and Fly dudes walking around uh, picked up all my characters the next round, um, except like maybe like a Weird Boy or something. Um, so then I had plenty of boys. I wasn't going to get tabled, but I just had nothing left that could like really hurt him because I was out of CP as well so I couldn't make the Ludas do what they what they needed to so they were still they were they were still doing work but um, not they, they can't kill a riptide without a full round of you know the four CP uh, so that was a mistake that I made that that almost cost me the game uh, because that riptide hopped around and through the missions uh, it ended up killing all the Ludas because I couldn't protect them with uh, CP anymore and then stole my objective in the back, which then was like a once per game, you can burn it for a bunch of command, a bunch of uh, victory points. And it was like, oh, God, <laughs> that was almost that was actually really close at the end there. He scored most of his points on the last turn. Um, so that was something that I needed to I need to play better in the, in the future. So it was a close shave, but at the end, yes, you got him. Yep. At the end, it came out. I was I was leading by a ton the whole time. It was never in any doubt. And then last turn, it was like, whoa, hey, that was a little close. Uh, another turn, he might have actually been able to do something there. Um, but, I mean, you know, referencing Rich Kilton again, 
he said that sometimes you just gotta believe. <laughs> I was I was believing I was believing pretty hard. Uh, going into round five and playing Tau again after like the smashing two people playing Tau, I was like, all right, we're playing a like a like a real like top caliber Tau player now. So it's like this is gonna be a much better test, and it still killed everything that yeah. wasn't a Riptide really fast. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it is it, it's definitely um, I would say orcs definitely have the advantage. With the Ludas. Without the Ludas, it's maybe a different story. It's oh. so you're you're now you're mic'd up again, you're getting ready to go back on stream for the yep. penultimate match. You've played this list. It's the it is perhaps one of the biggest bogeyman lists <laughs> in forty K. The double spears. You know. uh, I will mention that because I was on stream, um, and this hotel is nowhere near everything, I missed breakfast and then I missed lunch doing the stream interview for round one. And then played round two, and my opponent went and got me a cereal bar before round three, because I was like, dude, I'm, like, I'm so hungry right now. And he was just standing there, he's like, you want something? And I was like, I would love something. So it was, it was a great bit of sportsmanship there, which I definitely appreciated, because I was I was starving. Um, so You guys were oh, yeah, out in no, round it was, three. It was, uh, it was good. Um, so yeah, round three, playing Yunari. Um, like you said, the boogeyman. Um, round six. Sorry, round six, yeah. Uh, the uh, I think one of the things that really tilted my opponent um, starting off the game was player placed terrain. Um, I won the roll off for that, which I actually didn't want to do. I wanted to lose that roll off. Um, we're playing Dawn of War, and there's two big uh, line of sight blocking ruins, and then everything else is kind of. Then there's two hills, and two of these kind of like spiky rock things that maybe block like. Five squad, five to six dudes. Like you can hide like a squad of little rangers, like from one direction behind them, um, and then two like ten by ten hills that are two inches tall. So you can hide some like like you can hide probably ten to fifteen guys behind it, um, and then two buildings which you can just like fill up with like thirty dudes. Um, so I put one of the one of the hills in a corner, and then he put you know he's Yunari and he's like I want my castle, so he put one castle in the corner and then I took the other piece of ruined terrain and I put it six inches away from that other castle in the same deployment zone and basically was like well you're gonna have to win the next roll off or you're not gonna get a castle um, because basically I don't need a castle and Pamps yes. ain't losing <laughs> I was and that's why I said I he ain't losing a roll so um, I will because basically I if I needed the castle I would have put it in mine and just said let's play this um, but I don't need a, I don't need a terrain piece. Um, I can reserve Ludas and there's just Grot Shield and just stand there and take it. I don't, I don't need a, I don't need cover. Um, so for me, there's, there's a 50, there's a 50% chance that he just has a huge disadvantage and the 50% chance that, you know, things go the same they would have anyway for me. So, uh, and then I won that roll off and, and took the, the ruins and he was, uh, he was very tilted for that for the first like 20, 30 minutes of the game. Um, that was, that was a really good start, but then, uh, rolling wise, things kind of went downhill there for me for a while. Um, turn one, he, um, he won, well, he won the roll off to go first, which was big. I failed to seize. And then, uh, he just made every single psychic power he needed. Uh, you know, and a lot of those elder ones, he didn't, he didn't have the CP anymore because he'd spent so much of it to phantasm and, uh, you know, Samhain move and, 
um, stuff. So he just he didn't even use CPs to do reroll and stuff. He just rolled eights and nines to pass all his psychic power. So I had a fully fortune protected, um, fortune protected uh, reroll ones uh, spear unit going into me. The other spear unit was going into me as well. He passed his double shoot, passed his for his fortune or his guide rather. It was just like. Oh, dude, like, fail, <laughs> fail one of these things, like, um, or... He was helpfully putting the psychic cards down next to the... Yes, that was good. I, I appreciated that. Gentlemanly yeah. of him. Um, I was stack. not good about that when I played Eldar, which I eventually had to learn by just writing on scraps of paper and putting them next to it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's more your style. <laughs> so you have, you have all these, um, th this, this big old swarm of pissed off... Yunari, whatever the hell they're called. Shining, shining Spears. Shining Spears. Thank you, Shining Spears team. Um, what what happens? How, how do you, how does old old Pamps get so out of this one? Does the, do the Duke boys jump um, the gorge? Pamps uh, should have deployed better so that he didn't have to get out of anything, but he didn't. So then it was a very uphill battle. Um, so what I did was um, I had my little gaggle of characters. You know, the Pam boy, three weird boys, war boss, big mech all just standing all together as close as possible. And then I reserved a squad of 30 boys, because I was like, 30 boys, they keep doing really well when I reserve them, so let's keep trying that. And then all the commandos and snicker out went into reserve. And uh, so I, I put everything, I did it, and then I put the two, I, I, have, uh, I, I have movement trays from the table work case, uh, keep them in there, so I chunked those two down, made sure I was all in, uh, all in range of the nine inches. I spread out a little bit, and put a bunch of grots kind of down on the front. I didn't order them, which was a big, which was a big mistake. Uh, and um, because I didn't check that there was 40 of them within range of um, of the Ludas. So I I think that was that was not that was not well played. Um, and the Ludas I kind of mixed into the leftmost corner squad of boys. And so what he did is he shot out a bunch of my grots. He shot out the 26 of the boys squad that was there. And then he shot out and then he charged the Ludas and killed them all. And it was just like, yeah, and I, exactly. And I was like, uh, and it wasn't until after the game that I was like, oh, that's how I should have deployed it. And that's what I meant when I was talking about it's like, yeah, there's stuff that, you know, they, you know, my opponent doesn't know that orcs can do like, I'm feeling that there's going to be some dude who's going to be really surprised when um, you know commandos mob up and throw like eight tank busta bombs at them. Like that's going <laughs> to take some. It's going to be like whoa. Um, which actually I did get Brad Nichols with that. I was like, oh, I'm going to throw a tank busta bomb, and he's like, oh, okay, and he just rolled a saver as commander and got his wound dice out, and I was like, and uh, takes six wounds on Dark Strider, and he's like, what? <laughs> and he's like. Oh, uh, can I put that on a drone? Actually, I didn't know I was about to tank a las cannon. I thought it was a frag grenade. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I think there's there's a lot of stuff like that. Um, but for me, yeah. I didn't know how to do the deployment because I I hadn't um, I hadn't seen it played out, and I had practiced it once myself. But there's a lot of stuff that I didn't notice. I screwed up. I forgot that you know they could intercept. So I got my uh, my green tide. I was like, ah, spend the three. Those four guys are going to come back and become 30. And then they actually just went back and became 13. I was like, <laughs> damn. <laughs> um, and so that was like, that was just really dumb. Um, 
And so what, what should what it should have been is I should have put all my boys down. And it's hard to do this without drawing a picture, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to paint a picture with words but here. What actually happened, yeah, Mr. Uh, Pamperin? What actually yeah, Bob happened? Bob Ross this one. Yeah, so this is for it, it's it's so like the what should have happened, you know what, that's for you and your life coach. You wanna know what, what we happened. wanna know okay, is so how what the happened? hell. Alright, so the spears get into my zone. One of them is super buffed. Uh, I have a really hard time killing them. Um, I have my little gaggle of characters. They walk over and smite the super buffed ones. Um, I cast Fist of Gork on my war boss, who goes to town on the unbuffed um, dark uh, spears, along with my uh, unit of mostly Choppa boys. I have like a 20 and 10 man unit. Um, kill them, use a double swing strat, swing into the, the buffed uh, spear units, and I think I get them down to about 5, um, if I remember correctly. So... At the end of turn one, um, I've lost 50 of my Grats, 12 of my Ludas, uh, 20 or... I've lost probably 40 boys, um, and he has lost 9... 13 Shining Spears. Uh, Is kind of of where we stand. Uh, Not not a great trade-off for me. I was was definitely... uh, I was definitely in the in the hole there. <laughs> so basically, um, after I end up uh, trying to fight them off, he pulls his guys out, tries to go after my characters. He forgets to spend a stratagem, lets him assault, forgets to soul burst assault. Mm. Uh, so now the spears are standing in front of my five characters, like uh oh, and we didn't get any psychic powers cast on us this turn. So uh, I kill the spears, and because, like I talked about earlier with the missions, and kind of waxed on that a lot, um, he had used all his good missions prior, so he was having to hold hold stuff every turn and running around, and I just needed to hold everything once. Um, so I just ran out of my building, uh, the commandos came down, grabbed all the objectives once, I maxed that one, uh, I just needed to get some kill points, and it came down to um, secondaries. Uh, and at the very end, I needed to stop him from having line breaker, and I jumped yeah. a uh, a weird boy. I, I one weird boy jumped another weird boy across the board, who love this. did a smite on the boys, and I rolled a straight up twelve uh, for the smite, and I was like, <laughs> thank God, um, and rolled it. In- it's like a yeah, walk off home it, run, man. Rolled it into <laughs> did, a rolled a one. So it's though, like there's a walk right? off. I home rolled run. a one. Used my last CP, which I got because I took the the warlord trait that gave me one more CP. Uh, right. R- rolled it. Half rolled it into a one. Uh, the into a six. Wipe the wipe the rangers off the board, and uh, that got me the win. So it came down down to the wire, but uh, I, it shouldn't have been that close. It was because I I don't know how to play the codex yet. Um, I think that that's a Joe Carter's rounding the bases. His helmet <laughs> flies off. The Blue Jays run out of the dugout. Tackle him at home. I'm plate. sure Val would have loved to hug me. <laughs> I would have. I was. I, yeah, I, I know. sent I... you many messages of hugs because this was. <laughs> this is not only the first Codex Orcs GT win. This is also Mr. Stephen Pamperine's first solo it, GT it, win it was. himself. It was. It was pretty awesome. With. You've been chasing I that have. dragon. I've been playing time. orcs since I was like twelve. This is my first army that I started, and and, uh, and, and haven't played them since I you were twelve. No, I got back into the hobby with them. I played them through the the bad years of seventh. 
<laughs> a little bit, I guess. We both uh, abandoned ship. So yes. All right. That is that is a that is a magical uh, way way to win it. So, um, guys, any 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 comments for for the 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 Dream Pampreens run through history there? I think the the Ludas are really key to the new orc book, and a lot, people are going to spend some time getting used to orcs having good shooting. Because people are used to orcs having good melee, but good shooting is not something that we have seen very much out of them so far. Yeah, I think it's it's very similar to like when the Tyranid Codex dropped, um, and everyone was like, Tyranids can shoot now, and it just kind of it's, it's something that people are going to have to take into account. Um, how did you feel about your game with Colin at the end of it? I know that there were a couple like I watched it, and there were definitely a couple points where there was uh, a little bit of. Uh, I don't know, a little bit of tilting on both sides. I've seen both of you play multiple times at tables. You're generally quite good at the game, quite good sports. How did, how was it at the end? Was it a feel-good time? or? Uh, I've definitely had uh, I've had more, more feel-good uh, games than that, but I've also had many worse. Um, I would say that it was, it was a tight game. It was a tight game for a top table. Um, it's harder to have a really loose, fun game at that level. Um, I think it takes, you know, it takes a real special person and it would have been a lot easier if one of us was blowing the other person out. Um, but it was a super tight game. Uh, it was really close and it, it was harder. It was harder to have that easygoing attitude. So that, that would be, I don't think it was, I don't think there was particular bad support. There was some stuff, um, where I, I didn't necessarily appreciate, um, like the, the pressure to go back and do stuff. Um, but in on the, on the same case, I can look. I can you know I I watched some of it um, return and you know there's some stuff that I wish I had done better about um, being more careful um, to you know finish everything in the moving phase before going and you know declaring it the psychic phase and that stuff. Um, so I, I regret that I hadn't um, I hadn't been cleaner with my play there. Um, but I, I think this also I've noticed uh, you know he's a he's a good he's a West Coast player. I think this is a difference. Um, like when I play against a lot of the good East Coast people, I think there's a lot more playing by intention and just getting the game done how it should be played, rather than how you actually play it. If that makes sense, um, <laughs> there's a lot more of like, all right, this needs to happen, and like, oh, we forgot that you know this like unimportant thing was happening on the other side of the board. Let's just go resolve that. And like, oh, okay, and we and we go, and it happens all the time. It's no big deal. A little more loose, but. I noticed this a lot when I went out to SoCal. These West Coast guys, they just, they're like, no, you forgot to move it. Like, they're dead. And it's like, <laughs> okay. So, um, I don't know. I, there's, you know, forgetting to deploy the, the Warlocks at the beginning. I was like, you know, and he puts them down. And I was like, oh, good. So, we can we can have a loose game. We're going to do stuff like that. Um, and then kind of it came back a little bit. And then when, you know, and it's hard to keep it one way or the other. And I, I wish we'd been better about maintaining it one way or the other yeah like i don't want to get too into embroiled into anything like that i just want was just curious a little bit about it right yeah because like i've watched you both on stream you both tend to be quite uh, good players and generally quite thorough i know that he had mentioned that you know when you're on stream it definitely changes up the game uh as well because there's that extra factor um i don't think it, it changed much kinda... me honestly yeah. I, I don't. I don't think I played for some people. It certainly. He loves that spotlight. Yeah, for some, yeah. though, it'll throw you off. Um, I, I, I try. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see it, but I think that, um, it's a, <laughs> this is this is what I say. It's a very small hobby, 
And sure, things can go, um, you know, it's, it, things will spread faster if you misplay and you do, uh, if you do dirty stuff on stream. If you do dirty stuff on a table against someone, though, that person's going to know everyone and they're going to tell everyone everyone's going to know anyway in three weeks. So regardless of what table you're yeah. playing on, whether there's a camera on it or not, what your actions are going to be reported somewhere else. Um, so I, I think that's really, that's something that everyone should keep in mind is you're not always on stream, but you are always on a stage. Mm-hmm. That was that was uh, a good poetic way to put a <laughs> ribbon on it. Um, Stephen Pampering, congratulations! I think uh, that was a nice thorough recap. Any final um, thoughts, Ludas? Too much, so too, I, too much of an I, investment. I wanna, I wanna obviously, say, uh, two, two things, and then then I'll stop listening to my own voice. Uh, the uh, I think it was really funny on the, <laughs> on the well, forty k. People were like, "Oh, Ludas, too much of an investment. That's a trap." And I was, if I was, I was still having, I was like, if these are a trap, uh, tie, tie me to the wall. Like, uh, give me more traps, please. Uh, I'll take them. Uh, I mean, they just, they just solo won multiple games, or they turned what was a game into not a game, um, very quickly. Um, but they did let me get, they let me down against the knights. Double shooting fourteen ludas with three shots and everything did six wounds to a knight. I was like, that's that might lose me the game right there. That was super bad. Um, and. Uh, the, the, the fun one which I'll end on would be the uh, the tales of Snickerot. Uh, I, I said I said I would I would oh, mention yeah. him. So in the night game, he it was his it was his time. It was his time. The knight was was toe in cover, so all of the commandos were gonna get plus one to wound. <laughs> Snickerot Snickerot charges gotcha, bitch. in he's like, This is it, I'm gonna do it. Uh, the the war boss with four damage punks another knight, he spends two CP Blows the knight up, six wounds to Snickerot before he can swing. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh Snickerot, like I'm sorry, man, like you did everything I asked you, and you know, I that's not your fault, okay. And then the next game, he uh, he was against the, um, I think it was oh it was against the Chaos guy. I'm like, all right, Armon is not. Um, Armand's not protected. He's just walking around by himself. Uh, the commandos went after the armagers and tied them all up so they couldn't shoot. So I was like, Snickrot, go kill yourself a character, make your points back. He goes in, Armand just makes all his saves and does two wounds back. And I'm like, all right, what's the damage? And he's like, oh, Armand has a three damage weapon that's AP2. Who knew this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so night, Snickrot just died. <laughs> and I was like... Oh, a snicker on <laughs> Like, it's not your fault. <laughs> and, then, and then the last game, on stream, he runs out of the building, goes caps the last objective to win me the game, or to, to like, get me my max primary, so it's, like, even close or whatever. And then uh, he was going to be safe, because I still had, like, three commandos left that were closer. Um, Colin forgets to move his guys in the movement phase. And in the psychic phase, he's like, all right, I'm going to... Uh, shoot them at Snickrod, so I have to measure them, and I'm going to do the soul burst thing. And he's like, huh, looks like those commandos are closer. Wish I'd move them in the movement phase. <sighs> oh well. Quicken. Just rolls it. Just like a, a ten. Like, <laughs> quicken. <laughs> Quicken's the Dark Reaper's over. Oh look, now Snickrod's closer. Kills him. I'm like, oh, Snickrod. <laughs> so, he did, he did everything I asked him, and, and I can't blame him for it, but it just, he just... <laughs> It just didn't work out for him. The 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 hapless <laughs> adventures of of a jungle faring so, orc named Snickrot. Uh, yes. And on that note, I'm going to say congratulations, Steve. Thank you to the Falcon and Sean, the abuse puppy, 
for coming along on this journey. Remember, for all your Black Friday deals, get over to FrontlineGaming.com or .org. And uh, thank you all for listening. Have yourselves a wonderful night.